Welcome to The Beat with JoJo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Nebraska linebacker JoJo Doman gives you an in-depth look at the Husker football program and beyond. The Beat is brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome here to this edition of The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, uh, The Beat brought to you, as you heard by our proud sponsor, Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate, your locally owned and operated insurance agency serving the heartland of Nebraska from Binkelman to Omaha and everywhere in between. And by the way, we got a lot of love for the Binkelman mention with Phelan Sanford and Edgewater. Uh, they, they, a lot of, lot of people enjoyed um, that, that Binkelman drop. So uh, we're proud to have Edgewater as the title sponsor here of the beat. Um, but JoJo Camps, over in some respects, you guys have turned the page to Illinois prep day off. We're taping here on Sunday because it's your day off. But does it feel like camp's over? Or do you feel like there's still one more week before you hit game week? Yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, camp is over. We had our last scrimmage. We played two quarters of football and really got after it. And I think the coaches uh, have a good idea of, of what the depth looks like. We, we had live special teams periods, which was really good for those young guys and, and experienced guys to step up and make plays live bullets. Um, you know, the, it, the look looks a lot different when guys are actually coming versus, you know, knowing that they can't make the play. So um, we're, we're on to Illinois, uh, two weeks to game prep for them. I'm Man, it's surreal right now, but it, it's getting real day by day. You mentioned live special teams. I mean, is that something that you've done before at Nebraska in terms of like fall scrimmages where it was live special teams working in August? You know, I can't. I mean, I know we have before, but um, not to this level. Not to this level. Like it was, it was live bullets to the ground the tackling the returners. I mean, and these were like the regular return guys. That's right. Yeah, man. I mean, no, you're, no one's going to surprise Nebraska on special teams this year. Is what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, that that's the goal. That's what we're training for. That's what we're preparing for. Not to say it can't happen, but uh, I'm, I am confident in, in the direction of our special teams and what Coach Dawson has, has going for us. And you're on punt coverage? That's right. So you're, are you one of the guys that runs down? I mean, what's your role in the punt coverage? Yeah, I'm the right guard on punt, so i gotta, I got to protect and cover. Um, that's, a, that's a pivotal unit just because you have to protect, and then you get, it, it's an offensive play. And protecting and then it turns into a defensive play going down and covering down so you know I played uh, on punt since a freshman um, but I, I can still clean up my footwork I can still you know make make more plays out there really focusing on on the ball getting the ball out not just going down there making the tackle how can how can we go down there and make a game change and play and really turn the turn the field position in our favor Who's the like the gunners, the guys that run down? And there hasn't been a good one in Nebraska in a while. The last one I remember is Stovall. I mean, that guy, you know, would always be down there making plays, tackles, big impact plays. And I still remember he wasn't even on the fall camp roster. I think, yep. the, I think the Troy game, if I'm not mistaken, he watched in the bleachers, and then they brought him down to to make tackles as the gunner. Who who are the key gunners this year? Like the guys that are always going to be making tackles or kind of down there first. Yeah, I think we definitely have Cam Taylor-Britt out there. I think we got Quentin Newsom out there as well, along with some other just speedy guys. That, Frontline dudes. Yeah, that are – I mean, Cam's starter. He's going to play damn near every snap for us. Um, and for him to sacrifice his body, his energy for the special teams unit is exactly what we need to be successful. I'm also going to give a huge shout-out to Stovall, man. That dude bleed red, man. He did not get every opportunity, was not – the door was closed on him time and time again, and he just kept back knocking. So that's a good buddy of mine, and he definitely represents Nebraska well, and we need more guys like that on our unit. You're listening here to The Beat with JoJo Dolman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. So when do you guys begin the Illinois prep? Do you mean, will you start right away Monday? I mean, you're, you're going to have two full weeks uh, of, of game prep now? Yeah, Monday we uh, – I think the offense is going to give us some Illinois looks uh, along with the defense, given the offense Illinois looks with that speed component, you know, good going against good. And then I think next week we'll start transitioning more into scout team um, looks. So, like, you don't even watch any of last year's Nebraska-Illinois game because it's, an, it's, it's, in, it's irrelevant other than the personnel. I mean, there's obviously going to be a lot of the same personnel, but the schemes and the looks – going to be completely different what you see and that's got to be one of the bigger challenges to get ready for an opener against a brand new coaching staff yeah I mean when it comes to game plan in this this year yeah it is not prevalent 
with the new coaching staff. And like you said, let's be real. No one wants to watch last year's Illinois <laughs> game. That no doubt, but there is so much to be learned from it. I mean, that was one of the games that we had to critically look at uh, after a big Penn State win. It was a big letdown. Um, both sides of the ball did not come to play and, and did not execute to the best of our ability. And in this league, there's no there's no room for error in that capacity. So definitely learned a lot from that game. And honestly, I might need I might go back and watch it this week just to get me fired up. Yeah, that was a low point last year. I mean, there were two for me, just for my view, that game and then obviously Minnesota, when Minnesota came in with just the, the 50 guys or whatever they had dressed. And I think everybody just assumed, oh, they've been on COVID quarantine for 21 days. They're not even ready to play. And they came in and, and obviously won. I mean, that would be a, those were probably two of the lower points for you guys last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously any loss like doesn't feel good. But you, you want to beat your rivals. You want to beat those guys. And I guess they were under – they were underprepared or whatever with the COVID protocol. And there's no, I mean, regardless of all that, I mean, there's no excuse for, for that happening. And, and we're, and that's what we're trying to do, man, is we're trying to take this thing in a different direction. And like, there is no, there's no excuses. There's no room for error in that capacity. Like we're in Nebraska, we win every game. And if we don't, we, we go out, we go down swinging and we win the games we're supposed to win. And the game's, that the other teams favored, we upset them because we play harder. Listen here to the beat with JoJo Doman. Um, there, there was um, ninety thousand people in Memorial Stadium this weekend. JoJo, not for a football game, but for a Garth Brooks concert. I know you went, I went. A lot of people we know went. I mean, I think if you didn't post a picture that you were at the Garth Brooks concert on one of your social media channels, like you're in the minority because everybody on my feed, I'm sure, it's same with you, was either downtown at the concert. Did did that just kind of when seeing that stadium full? Did did you say, man, like did you almost forget what that felt like? And you're like, there, this yeah, is going to be like this for me seven Saturdays when we come in here and play games. You hit it on the head. I mean, just walking into the stadium, I had I started to get that pregame feeling, and then to to be sitting in my seats, looking down on the stadium, and kind of just feeding off the energy of everybody around me. Like I had goosebumps just thinking about, man, I'm going to be on that field, like being able to provide provide entertainment, if you will. I'm going to provide energy to this crowd. Like when Garth was, you know, going around the stage and was just fully embracing the crowd, I just I just felt myself. That's a third down sack moment, right? Yeah, there. I felt myself in his body. Like, no kidding. I was like, man, what an opportunity. What a privilege. What a platform um, it is to play for Nebraska and 90,000 faithful. And yeah, when it got loud, I just imagined third and fourth down, like the crowd going crazy and you can't hear anything. You just feel the vibration in the air. It's wild. It was loud at the Garth concert, but I'm telling you, it's a lot louder for a football game. And I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just, but I, I feel like I've heard that stadium way louder in key football moments and it was loud the other night. Yeah. I mean, on fourth down, it is deafening in there. And like I said, you can't even hear the snap count. You can't even communicate the call to the guy next to you. That's why we use signals. And that's why you got to watch the ball. It's because when it, when it is really turn-up time and the crowd's really into it, you cannot hear a thing. What was your favorite moment of that concert? The, uh, I loved when his wife came out and they sang Shallow. Um, <laughs> me and my girlfriend, man, we, we, we really liked that movie, and that was a good moment for us. And we, uh, I was with some teammates, and we had a great time, man. It was, it was a good time. Did a lot of I mean, and I know I'm old. I'm 40. And so – Garth, my era knows Garth, but your era of guys like the 1920 and 21, 22s, like there aren't a lot of guys probably that had Garth Brooks songs on their iPods or whatever they listen to music on their phones. But did, did guys just want to go to take part in the, in the event or? Yeah. I mean, I know that some Nebraska dudes definitely knew who Garth Brooks was, but for me myself, I've only heard the Oasis song and friends in low places like a handful of times and I don't know any of the words except for the chorus and he, it was still a hell of a show so man and and through my experience there and just talking to people they, they talked about how much of a legend he was how, how how long he's been doing this and I didn't know I was in the midst of a legend until about like three-fourths through when he was bringing the house down yeah it was incredible and it makes you just realize how special Nebraska is I mean the state has 1.9 million people and that stadium was full of over 90,000 people for a, a concert in the middle of August and we're still in obviously COVID times. I mean, it it was a rarity to see something like this going on, that many people supportive and behind something like we saw the other night. Right. 
Yeah, we're going to see the same thing on Saturdays, man. I, I, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Okay, as we wrap up opening headlines, JoJo, um, you know, there's, there's some unique things that we're bringing here to the beat each week, and I wanted to use this opportunity because Edgewater um, is, is going to do something every week here on the show during the season, um, teaming up with local charities and, and whatnot. Give us an idea, JoJo, of what you and Edgewater have going um, and what you plan to do this season with this partnership. Yeah, Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate and I have come together to give back to our respective communities through what we're calling the Husker Heartbeat Give Back. Throughout this season, Edgewater will be donating $1,000 each week, each game, to a respective charity. And to, to use this platform and to use um, our resources to benefit people less fortunate, man, is what this is all about. And I'm blessed to be in this situation and, and to have Edgewater as a partner who, who has the same morals and ethics and principles that, that I stand on. It's, it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. And obviously this is a very unique partnership with Edgewater. Uh, it's name, image, and likeness. What we've talked about this, it, it's, we're, we're providing great content on the show and Edgewater's making that possible by the title sponsor, but they're also now giving back through the name, image, and likeness platform that we have here with this opportunity. That's right. I mean, some foundations that, that I specifically chose um, to give to is Team Jack, Compassion International. I, I, I've been sponsoring a kid since 2019 named Comey Vincent. Um, we're going to give back to his family. The Pro Football Camp, which is um, my, 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 my parents' camp um, that is a non uh, nonprofit organization, excuse me, uh, that like, you know, half the kids are that attend are on scholarship because they can't afford it. And then the Sam's Fultz foundation. So a bunch of, a bunch of charities that, that hit home to me that I have personal relationships with that I care about and that they're willing to, to fundraise for and to give back to, man, it, it means the world to me to be a part of this. And then Edgewater will choose seven more additional charities, uh, two that we know for sure, Cure Search and Quinn Strong, and those deserve the eyes and ears and hearts of Husker Nation. So lots of good stuff here coming on the beat. And JoJo, um, you also have a website, The Dominator. And, <laughs> and I, I think when people see that name, they just say, oh, it's your nickname. But there's a lot more to that as well and some cool gear on the on the website yeah man i i'm repping right now i got some gear on level 500 um they do a great job and they want to they want to provide jojo doman gear to anybody and everybody from uh, men to women to to young kids and even babies we got we got some baby clothes out there so man there's something for everybody and and, and i'm and I'm just glad that, that, that people are willing and want to rep my name um, and what I'm about out there. So we have some very unique designs that I came up with. And hopefully throughout the season, we'll even get even into some more stuff. And follow Edgewater. Uh, they're on Instagram at Edgewater Insurance. JoJo is on Instagram um, as well as Twitter. Um, so you, you can find him on all those platforms uh, very easily in the show. Um, at the dominator at Husker online at the beat underscore podcast. Those are our main platforms and you can download us on iTunes, Spotify, um, just about any and megaphone Husker online. We carry it so you can find this show and we encourage you to subscribe to the Husker online channel, like the podcast, download the podcast. The numbers last week were amazing, by the way, Jojo um, for the Adrian Martinez interview. I don't think anybody should be surprised because that might have been one of the best interviews, if not the best interview we've heard from Adrian Martinez in Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Adrian for coming in here and opening up on there, man. And the numbers reflected, and we're hoping to build on that. That show really set the tone. Set the tone. And we got a great one today. We are going to have Markel DeSmuke and Ben Stilley, two other super senior six-year guys. I mean, the three of you guys will be at Nebraska a combined 18 years. That's crazy, man. Yeah, it's going to be awesome to have two fellow black shirts in the building. We're going to get after it. We're going to touch on their journeys and, and their in a black shirt mentality and everything that entails. So I'm excited to get after it. Well, and Ben and Markel are here. They're eating all the Tanner's food in the back. One of our proud sponsors brought in food for the show today. And Gary Michaels made an appearance up here to drop off some stuff as well from Gary Michaels Clothier. So we've got a fun show on tap here. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman.
Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan, Jojo Doman, as we mentioned uh, in the opening headlines, going to be joined here by some special guests and now pleased to be joined in studio by Super Seniors Mark Smuke and Ben Stilley with Jojo Doman, this segment of The Beat. Guys, brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill. And uh, Jojo, you got to go in Tanner's this weekend. Had some food. Cassie, the GM, stopped up here, delivered some food for the show. I mean, we're getting hooked up by Tanner's. That's right. I tried them hot lip nachos and the quesadillas, man. It was, it was good. I'm, I'm glad I got down there, tried the food. It was, it was more than I expected. Well, you got some guests here. I'll, I'll let you take over from here as two guys that you've been with at Nebraska the whole way. I mean, you're you are the sick. You guys have been here six years. I mean, you played in the Music City Bowl with these guys. I mean, that's how long you've been uh, with them at Nebraska. And, and I'll let you go from here. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, it's a pleasure to be joined by my fellow brothers in black shirts, Stilly and Dismuke, right now. Can you believe this is our sixth year together, man? Like, this is so surreal to me. Still, it's crazy. That's for sure. Yeah, time flies, man. We showed up on campus June 4th of 2015. 2016, JoJo. 2016. 16. But as recruits, when you went, like, did you go, like, on some, <laughs> did you guys go on, like, summer visits? Um, you know, were you in Lincoln in June of 15 as recruits? I know Ben was. I mean, Ben, you would have been coming to camps um, in that June before. Yeah, I was definitely here a year ahead of time. Um, I don't know if we were all here um no together yeah, right. on, one, on one trip no kel's right dude we were june 4 <laughs> 2016 and there's only three of us left man it's it feels crazy uh, you look at our recruiting class lamar jackson's with the jets jack Stoll's trying to make a team with the eagles farniak with the cowboys buddha with the chiefs uh pobs playing in the pac-12 with washington and us three are still here repping the red um what does that mean for y'all? How, how, how have y'all gotten to this point? Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, for me, um, it, it's been, I mean, it's flown by, honestly, as cliche as it sounds, but um, I think really uh, coming here, I, I, especially in my early years, um, just the, the day in and day out grind of everything and adjusting to, to college football, I, I really thought it was uh, not gonna go this quickly, I guess. Um, but I mean, yeah, the the days kind of go by slowly, but um, I don't know. It seems like the the months and the, and the years really fly by. No doubt. What about a few smoke. Nah, like Ben was saying, it's definitely flew by because it's definitely an honor to even still be here today because it flew by so fast. So for us to get this another free year, it's crazy for us to even admire where we're at right now and to take our talent to the next level. So it's definitely unrealistic right now but once we hit that feel i think reality gonna slap us in the face no doubt it'll really sink in once we're once we're strapped up in champagne and 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 a game's on the line um we've had a lot of ups and downs a lot of highs and lows since we've been here um i just wanted to highlight a few stilly you had a sack versus penn state last year uh to end the game um what was that like and was that your uh highlight of your career and if not what was um yeah i mean it was definitely a good moment for me um what do you know what game of the year that was anyone was that game four i think it was four season? it was three because the wisconsin game got canceled okay that's right so yeah i mean for for myself personally um what was what was our record going into oh and two we were oh and two right so um that was that was a game where it was like we're in kind of dire situation where um the whole team was feeling it we needed a win and we needed it badly and um, we jumped on them quick, um, and you know we were up, and then the lead slowly started to slip away, um, and so you could you could almost sense the the energy in the stadium of, of the the fans and, and whatnot, um, which were mostly our own family members, but like kind of like oh no here we go again, um, and so you know just 
in that moment, it was uh, it was someone needed to step up. Um, I mean, that was my first sack of the season. Uh, I think, I mean, personally, I needed to you know get some sacks on the board, and um, none had been coming in the first two games, and so that was kind of a, a weight off my shoulders too, is to to get going there too. Yeah, I remember Kill and I were actually in bracket coverage to the field on that play. So, if you if you hadn't got it done, we we were we was locked up in the back end, no doubt. For sure, looking for that pick, <laughs> uh, Kel, man, you've. You have 20 consecutive starts under your belt. How, how, how is that possible? How do you find that consistency? What, what, what differentiates you to, to allow you to be able to do something like that? To be honest, I never even counted. It's crazy that it's been 20 starts. And even it's going to be even more after this year. So, yeah, it's been crazy. But being consistent is basically the, the main thing, going out there and playing my game every day, every Saturday, every chance I get when I step on that green is just – all about focus and detailing to come out and play my best ball. No doubt. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on with you is in 2019, a lot of people might not know, you you played through a serious neck injury um, for most of the season on the back end of the season. What was that like? When did that happen? And, and how did you fight through that? Uh, yeah, it was a serious neck injury. It happened, uh, I think, first quarter or second quarter of the Minnesota game. And I ended up playing through that game with the neck row, but I never know how serious it was until it kept happening over and over again after I had a tackle. So even though I was fighting there, I was going to about going to chiropractor about two, three times a week, getting dry needle in my neck and my head. But every time I made contact, it'll lock everything back up and tense everything back up. So it was part of the times I'd make a tackle and having to run out because I couldn't lift up my head or my neck. It'd just be stuck for like 30 seconds. It was very serious. I even thought about stop playing a couple games. My parents was trying to convince me to stop playing, but you know, this, all football is all I know. So if I would have took that away from me, then I, I wouldn't even know what I would be doing. So for me to keep going, it showed me and myself uh, a certain respect for myself and knowing I can keep going through adversity. It was, it was crazy because. That feeling was like no other. It probably was the worst feeling I ever had in my life every time I made a tackle. I had to adjust through the season. I was going to tackle people in game plan. I was going to tackle a big running back during that week. So yeah, it was very serious, but I'm glad it's over with. No doubt. I'm glad you're still healthy and still playing for us. I mean, that, that right there just shows your resilience and how much it means to you and the heart that you got. So I know we was we didn't have a lot of depth that year and if we lost you we we was in bad shape yeah and that was the main thing death so it was like if i go out what, what what's the safety in the back room gonna look like right you're listening here to the beat with jojo doman guys you've all been through a lot these six years at nebraska as a group i mean when you talk about just low points of adversity i mean what were some of the hardest moments in these six years for you guys collectively to, to deal with and you know you mentioned moments like the injury wanting to, to walk away but just the coaching changes the drama the things that are out of your control even i mean that, that had to be so hard as well, you not know. necessarily walk away but to stop playing for a couple games you know my parents were trying to convince me to stop playing for a couple games but you know i wouldn't say walk away but because that i couldn't do that i can't walk away from the game but it is to make sure i healed up the right way just the just the drama, though, of everything else that deals with being a Husker. I mean, obviously, there's a lot you guys deal with, with just the pressures of it. I mean, how, how, I mean, when you think about these last six years, what's that been like for all you guys? Yeah, I mean, when, when we were losing and we've gone through some losing seasons, I felt a lot of that weight on my shoulders, feeling like I let not only this team down, but this state down. And that's something, that's the exact opposite I want, I want to do. I want to be somebody that's, that's, that's building something special here. That's part of the reason why we're succeeding. And to feel the opposite of that is never a good thing. And I think that's just made all of us just grind harder and dig deeper uh, throughout this process. Yeah, for me, um, really, some of the I mean, there's been a lot of, of tough times, but I think some of the some of the toughest were uh, those Diaco years um, going through that season. Um, you know that that off season I think was one of the the hardest we physically pushed, um, and so thinking going into that year, um, you know that that was going to carry over and transfer over to to results on the field, and then I think getting towards the end of the year when um, I mean coaches literally knew they were being fired, and just like the hopelessness you feel um, the the whole I mean the whole entire 
uh, building, you know, kind of like that Penn State game. I remember going out there and it just like everybody just knew, like, we're playing this game, but you kind of knew, like, that was it. I mean, there was not going to be much more for these guys left. Yeah, I think, um, I, yeah, those last those last few games, honestly, being in the building was honestly miserable. Um, and it's really sad, honestly, um, for it to get to that point. Um, you know, football is a game you love and, um, you know, you played as a kid and enjoyed and just for it to, I don't know, the, the place it was taken um, in those couple last couple of weeks um, definitely shows you the, the low points it can go. Do you have anything, Markel, that, you, that sticks out to you? Uh, not really. I mean, everything we went through, they basically keyed on every part. You mentioned Diaco. Uh, you heard stories about that offs that summer. I mean, was was he pretty heavily involved? I mean, he, the, I mean, he was like almost like out the workouts, doing quite a bit of stuff, pushing guys, wasn't he? I mean, that was. I mean, it was it was interesting because you didn't really see that from other defensive coordinators in the past. Yeah, I mean, he had his very particular way of doing things you had to buy into his system his culture and even if it didn't resonate with us which i it didn't um he just he was very meticulous and you know um the things unfolded the way that they did and, and i'm glad that we're in the position right now that we are well guys let's pick this back up here and take a break here and we'll come back as mark held smuke and ben stilly are joining jojo doman here you're listening to the beat it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan uh, with JoJo Doman, Markel Smuke, Ben Stilley, as you heard, The Beat title sponsor, Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate with locations all the way across Nebraska. This segment, though, of The Beat brought to you by one of our newer sponsors on the show, Gary Michaels Clothiers in, on 56th and Pine Lake. And Gary stopped up here, delivered some gear to you guys. You got, uh, and Gary also owns um, him and his son Lance. Um, they own uh, Big Red of the Rockies in Estes Park as well. And Gary dropped in and gave you gave you a nice Big Red of the Rockies hat, JoJo. That's right, man. I'm looking slick. I am. I am Big Red of the Rockies. It's like the JoJo Doman store. That's what's up. But then, obviously, Gary came up to your guy. He, he came upstairs and uh, to the football stadium, and, and you guys got a, a deal going as an entire team with Gary Michaels clothing. Yeah, I think he's fitting our whole team. I think it's going to be our some either it's home or away travel suit, and we're going to be looking clean. He's he's doing a great job. Making us look slick. It's going to be awesome. Well, let's get back to Ben and Markel. And I want to start the discussion off here um, with Markel on this question. Um, I met you, Markel, in 2015. We were in, we were talking about this off air. It was in Santa Monica at the junior college there, I think, right? Yes, sir. And it was one of those famous satellite camps. And, and you were out there with Keyshawn and O'Brien. And I don't know if Bookie was there. I, mean, I think he might have been. I mean, everybody was there. I don't think he was at that one. Um, Jebbia was there, but you, you just go back to that era of Nebraska football. There was this, the Calibraska or Calibraska movement of Nebraska football, and and you were a part of that group. But all those guys left. You're still here. I mean, when wh- when you think about that era of just your life, like just where it's at now versus back then, when you think about just there's like this whole group of guys that came, and you're you're the last one here. Nah, yeah, for sure. I mean, shout outs to them guys because everybody got their own journey. So, and them still my brothers, who I call my brothers. So, so I'm happy to where where they at in space right now, and happy with what they like got going on in life because everybody got their own journey, everybody got their own faith, everybody got their own way of doing things. So there's no bad blood with us. It's always gonna be love. And just from the Calabrasca movement, I mean, it started with me, and, and I feel like it's it's about to end with me, and many more is going to come after me, and that's what I'm trying to sit around right now. Now, Kel, you uh, to touch on your on your upbringing. You you grew up in Compton, uh, a tough a tough place to grow up, and and now you in Lincoln. How was how that how was that adjustment for you, and, and how did Compton shape you as a man growing up? I mean, to me, it's not really an adjustment because me as a person, I'm just by myself, and I mostly just want to be in a house. I'm really like a homebody, and, and I like to be away from things. 
So for me to come out here to Lincoln, it was just like, it's just slower from LA, period. So to come out here to a slower pace city and for me to focus on what, what I need to focus on to get done, it was just, I mean, it's motivation because it's nothing to do but play football. And if you're doing something else, then it just it wouldn't add up because I come this far, for, I ain't come this far around the country for nothing, you know what I mean? So for me to come out here and just be able to focus and not have to worry about the outside noise or what's going on outside today, I mean, it's just 100% better. Yes, sir. Also to touch on, man, you, you're, a, you're a father. You're a real-life dad. Nah, yeah, I love it. You're a dad. You got a baby girl. What's, what's that like? How, how do you balance that, playing college football? And what's that like, man? I mean, I love, I love being a father, you know what I mean? Uh, I love my little girl to death. But being a father to me is just really being there for your daughter. And the hardest part about me being a father right now is just playing football and having to maintain father-daughter relationship from a distance because football is taking up most of my space right now. So that's probably the hardest part for me being away from her. But when I see her, it's all love, and I miss her every day. Yeah, man, proximity is power. I can't even imagine what that's like. Uh, transitioning over to Stilly, man. You grew up in Ashland. That's 30 minutes north of, of Lincoln. Um, you didn't, your, didn't your older brother walk on here? Yeah, he was here for uh, for a year or so um, when when Pelini was coaching. That's right. So, what what kind of dream and expectations did you have when when you were thinking about coming to Nebraska? Yeah, um, I mean, expectation wise, obviously didn't didn't expect my career to go, um, <laughs> our career, our journey right. to go how it's gone um, whatsoever. Um, you know, growing up. Um, I mean, previously to, to Coach Riley was um, what I, you know, mostly remember is Coach Bo and, uh, uh, you know, kind of the seasons they'd put together and um, those 9 and 10 win seasons um, a lot of uh, a lot of those years. Um, prior to him, was, it was Callahan, right, that was coaching uh, prior to, to Bo. And so I remember that a little bit. Um, I was a lot younger at that point. Um, those years weren't, I don't know, quite as, quite as uh, good for the Huskers, but um, yeah, I kind of expected things to, you know, just keep as ascending and, to, um, you know, especially, uh, you know, when you're going to commit somewhere, you're not going to look at the, look at the, I don't know, the, the bad side of things, right? You're, you're envisioning right. it to go as, as good as possible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a dream come true getting offered by Nebraska. Um, I mean, regardless, it wouldn't have mattered who the coach was. Um, didn't want to matter who my position coach was, the relationship of the, any of the, the staff. Um, honestly, like it would have been a tough choice for me not to walk on here um, over scholarship offers from other places. Uh, that was one of the first things I remember getting offered by Wyoming, um, going out there completely blindsided. Never, never in a million years thought I was um, getting an offer when I went out there. Just thought I was going for a visit, been on a ton of visits. Um, and so once I got that offer, I was the first thing in my head, will I, will I walk on to Nebraska or take the Wyoming offer? I mean, that was just, just how it is being, being raised here and being immersed in the culture. Yeah, man, I feel that. I, I felt the same way, man. It just means more to play for Nebraska. What it means for this state and this program to be part of the tradition here, man, is unlike anything out there. So and being a Midwest kid, like, this is the best of the best. So, uh did you uh so you got offered by Wyoming did you consider any other any other schools yeah I mean um after that Wyoming offer I mean the the big offers I had um were Iowa and a couple of days after that Nebraska offered me um so then yeah you know I had I think my top three were probably Iowa Nebraska and Wyoming um but really yeah there wasn't much of a consideration process it was kind of more of a formality thing um in, in my head i guess but um yeah so not really got you yeah to transition a little bit here let's let's take our minds to to our to game day uh to our game day routine and what that looks like and feels like where's your head at where's your focus at how, how do you calm your nerves and really prepare yourself mentally for the big stage i think for me mentally i get ready about 24 hours before so about Friday when I wake up, I'm already in game mode until to Saturday. So when I wake up, my focus is already there. I'm already imagining the plays I'm going to make on the field. I'm already calm. I'm already tunnel vision. I'm already ready to play football again on that green field. So when I hit that green field, it's not no fake assignment because I'm already, I've been excited all week. 
so it's all calm with me. No doubt. What about you, Stilly? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, I approach a game, you know, just as cerebrally as possible. I think that's my advantage playing D-line. Um, just because I don't, I don't think a lot of guys approach it in that way, and I think that's kind of my, my biggest gift and asset um, to use. And so, I mean, for me, it's just a ton of film, um, you know, leading up into the week. But, I mean, even um, the day before, um, the day of, you know, on the ride to the on the on the bus ride to the stadium, um, that, that's really my uh, I guess way of of locking in is you know watching film. And I don't feel like I'm prepared unless I've kind of gotten through all the film I've uh, set up in my head ahead of time. Uh, and so that's a that's definitely a big thing for me um, emotionally. I mean, I don't get um, too revved up. You 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 guys know me, and yep. um, so I don't get I guess overly emotionally charged and, until um, I mean in the game itself yeah man um staying with you we uh we couldn't do this by ourselves i mean as much of an individual journey as this is it takes it takes a community it takes a family to to be where we're at and to be able to make it through college and be able to make it through all the through every adversity and all the hardships that life brings um for each of you specifically who's who's like an influential person that's helped you in your career that you feel like you couldn't be where you're at right now without them? I think, um, I mean, there's a lot of people back home. Um, definitely my, my head coach was a huge just football influence on me um, and just uh, the time he puts in the game and just like the habits he instilled in me, that was a big thing. Um, also, um, our, our fellowship of Christian athletes, uh, huddle leader back home, uh, Barry Kittrell, he's a former Nebraska player. Um, and Bo Kitchell's dad, um, who also was on the team with us, uh, he was just, um, I don't know, he's been a huge influence on my life just in general, spiritually especially, um, just role model-wise. He's, he's been really impactful in my life, I think, as well. Hey man, what about you, Kel? It's a lot of people who influenced me and helped me along my journey since I started playing football with that at the age of seven. So I made a lot of connections. I know a lot of people, so I couldn't pinpoint exactly who influenced me because I had a lot of people who was influential on me, even even to the people and my old coaches who've died now. So I couldn't pinpoint anyone because I don't want to leave nobody out. All right, guys, we're going to come back for one more um, segment here with Ben and Markel. The segment, once again, was brought to you by Gary Michaels Clothiers on 56th and Pine Lake Road. They are going to dress Nebraska football this year. Uh, make sure you get on in to Gary Michaels Clothiers on 56th and Pine Lake more to come with Ben Stilley and Markel the Smuke. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, Markel the Smuke, and Ben Stilley here as wrapping things up. Uh, it's been a great discussion. This segment of The Beat brought to you by S&W Fence. Um, they have been voted best of Omaha four out of the last five years. Make sure you check out SW Fence. They are your best defense in the game, as is only fitting. We got some black shirt defenders up here in the studio. Um, they are based in Omaha, handle all your commercial residential needs. That's SW Fence, a proud sponsor here of this segment of the beat with JoJo Doman. Guys, uh, as we wrap up the discussion, I want to start this talking point off to you guys. Um, you've been through a lot of off seasons. You've been through a lot of August at Nebraska. What is different about maybe this August than previous Augusts that you guys have been through? Yeah, I mean, just as a collective, this season, how this season feels different than the last seasons for me specifically is I'm more invested than I've ever been um, on an emotional level, on a mental level, and on a spiritual level. I got this is all I got. This is all I'm here for. This is all we stayed for was was to bring to bring this thing home and to really really feel good about our time here and, and, and go out with a bang. So I'm as invested as I've ever been. They there is no tomorrow. There's no yesterday. All I got is today in this present moment and to maximize that and to optimize that with the men around me is is what I'm about and, and it's the energy I'm bringing into this season. Facts. I think um, for me and kind of just like a, a thing of note, I guess, um, six-year guys coming back uh, I think is a, a different thing and brings a unique uh, 
perspective to the team, uh, to the situation. I know um, obviously on other teams they're going to have a lot of the similar, um, you know, be in a similar situation uh, depending on how many guys they had come back and who they were. But uh, I think just leadership-wise um, and depth-wise as well, it, it helps a ton just to be able to um, not lose your top class. Um, I mean, for us defensively, um, we're, we're really not going to miss a beat um, picking up from last year and, um, you know, being able to, to grow and not have uh, much for new pieces being thrown in the puzzle. No doubt. You know, we're black shirts here. I don't know. I think this is going to be my third year being a black shirt. I don't know what that is for y'all. But uh, I think my third, too. Right? Steadily? Um, I think Coach Dawson's first year he was here, I got one. So what was that? That, that might be four. That this might be four. four for me then, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, speaking of that, like, what, is, what does that mean? What is, what is a black shirt mentality? Help, help our listeners understand what the current black shirt mentality is and looks like. Yeah, um, you know, I think it was obviously a tradition that was, um, you know, it started with, uh, I don't know what year, honestly, it started, but a while ago. Um, and so 1960s. That, all right, so th- that mindset, obviously, and that um, I don't know, tradition has been kind of passed along, and we have some of the, the older um, guys, uh, 90s guys in the in the building. Um, you know, I was coached by a former black shirt um, and John Perella. Um, and that was something he preached to us daily, honestly. Um, and so, I mean, as much as, as anyone, I've I've had that and been able to see uh, what it what it means and, and what it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, more than anything, I think it's a it's a mentality and a lifestyle. I think is how a lot of those guys have preached it to me. Um, it's not necessarily just a on the field thing, but it's really a, a lifestyle um, and a, kind of a, an all out lifestyle um, in, in all areas of your life. Right, you can't you can't turn it on or off. Like you either are or you aren't, and that that's something I've learned through my time here. Kel, how about you? Same. So I, I you know, I ain't really grew up here. I really know what a, a black shirt was till I got here. So most of the key parts you guys would put on was like just the mentality wise and the lifestyle and what you put in off the field, what you got put in in the field. So it's just moving a certain way and having to always be that man every single day. No doubt. Now, uh, turning to, to, to some goals, man, some goals for, for this team and for this defense. Now, what, what, are, what are we doing? What, what's our mindset? Help, just let Husker Faithful know like, what, what energy we're bringing into this season. I'll start off by saying we're trying to win games, period, on the defensive side of the ball, period. Um, if we didn't have an offense, we had to play a whole game just defense. We're trying to win that game. Um, and that's going to have to come with turnovers, fumbles, sacks, interceptions, and we got we got to score points. So from that standpoint, we're, we're really trying to elevate our game to the next level and do things we've never even done before. Um, and that take, that's going to take a leap of faith from us, and I think we're ready for that. Yeah, um, I think uh, first I'll speak defensively, but I think um, what it's going to require from us is, is being, you know, ending, starting this year and playing this entire year uh, third down-wise how we ended last year, right? Being elite on third down. Um, obviously, then we need to improve turnover-wise and sack-wise, I think, are the two biggest things for us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, our mentality is definitely, um, I mean, any points is too much for us, and I think that's the mentality we have and don't think that's, a, um, you know, too big of a goal to reach. Um, something else I think um, that's I feel is, like, different from last year, kind of going back to the last segment, um, special teams-wise, I think just the emphasis on that, um, that we're yep. putting on that this year, I think it's going to pay dividends. I think Coach Dawson um, is, is the right man for that job, um, what we needed here um, to be, be really strong there and not have that be a liability for us. Yeah, man. Thoughts, Kel? Yeah, man. Our special teams has definitely been taken to the next level. Are starters going to play special teams? I mean, I know we're about two weeks out now for the game. I mean, do you, as guys that are six-year guys, you, do you want to be on these units because you know it's going to make a difference in the games? For sure. I mean, you should always want to play special teams because that's a big part of the game. Every every play on special teams is a big part, uh, possession-wise, field-wise, and everything percentage-wise is according to the game. So, like, every special teams, every – yeah, I think what you're trying to say, like every special team is an X play. Like 
on defense, like a 20-plus play is an X play, but every special team's play is a huge change of field position, and it's an X play. So just it's, it's a huge emphasis this year for us. And, yeah, man, we got to, as the leaders of this team and, and as the skillful players, we got to contribute on all facets of the game. Like when you're in situations like Rutgers last year when you guys are playing lights out, I mean, that was one of the most complete games you played all year, and then all of a sudden a kickoff goes down for a touchdown and none of you guys I don't think were on the field for those plays on those kick return type plays. I mean you're, you're just like put me out there like I'll, I'll I'll make the tackle I mean are there ever moments where you're like I, I could go out because there were some guys on those units a year ago just from my view in the box watching at Rutgers and some of those I'm like there are better guys that probably should be out there that could that could have tackled Aaron Crookshanks for Nebraska right yeah we just have to have guys out there where it means something to them and that you know that they're confident in themselves and in the unit that we can make plays like i'm trying to i'm trying to be on my honey badger game this year on punt just going down there punching that ball i don't even care about tackling the dude it's about the ball and as special teams it's all about the ball and i think we're more keyed into that than we've ever been these, Tra- yeah these guys well you got a kicker that can put the ball in the end zone now too it looks like too we do I mean, you, you may not be covering a lot of kicks this no, year. Colb's knockout. I'm really excited to. Well, no, see uh, what Fran- isn't it Frankie? The, yeah. Yeah, the the two that kick off. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I really, I don't know how much, but I think yeah, they've got a couple new kids that are in there just for kickoff duties too. So I think that'll be be uh, a good asset for us. To uh, transition, uh, let's talk about let's talk about the the future of this program and and who you are excited about in your respective position groups. Um, Who's going to step up, and, and who do you feel like has a bright future, and who's going to contribute this year? I'll uh, I'll start with the D line. I mean, we're we're really honestly really starting to get like old in my uh, my position group, I guess. Um, maybe not old is the right term, but experienced. Um, so the, the young guys just don't even necessarily have a chance to to step in um, unless they're just an elite talent like Ty Robinson was. Um, able to crack into that but I think guys you haven't seen as much on the scene uh, Jordan Riley I think is gonna make a huge jump and I I thought that even before spring ball um, just body body wise and the change he's made it's it's night and day and he's moving well um, Colton Feast uh, I think he definitely will give us some solid reps um, and uh, aside from that Deontay Thomas was hurt a year ago um, but he's a guy that's been around for a while gonna give us uh, some good reps as well for my position group, I think uh, about every DB that's going to step on the field this year is going to make a big impact. So I can't even pinpoint a name on who's going to do this and who's going to do that and who's going, going to be good and try to give you our insight because the whole room is just took it to a whole nother level. And position-wise, it's just, it's just better because everybody's getting older, everybody's learning more and more about the defense, everybody's attacking the day every day with great energy. So. I'm ready to see what everybody's going to do. No doubt. We have more depth at both of those positions than we've had in a long time. Uh, some people I'm really excited to see rush off the edge are Faldarius Payne, Caleb Tanner, Garrett Nelson, and, and when Blaze Gunnarsson gets healthy, see what he can do, man. we got a lot of depth, a lot of guys that want it, a lot of guys who are working. Blessed to be here and be a part of this, man. It's We're really going to go in the right direction. We just I'm excited to stop talking about it and really just doing it. But this is this is us manifesting our reality and I'm so blessed to be here with y'all man y'all my y'all my brothers y'all my best friends appreciate y'all taking time out of your day and joining us up here man for real yeah appreciate you having us well thank you guys we got a combined 18 years of Nebraska football experience in here that's never been done before so this is this is kind of a a fun segment to have you guys a lot of insight a lot of perspective Um, so thank you guys for coming up here and joining us today this segment once again was brought to you by S&W Fence in Omaha voted best of Omaha for the last five years Make sure you visit SNW Fence. We'll close the show with the mailbag for JoJo Doman. You're listening here to The Beat. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman. Brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Final segment here of the show. It's been a great show, JoJo. Um, we've had Ben Stilly, Markel Smuke on, covered a lot of ground out of the gates. Now we're going to close with the mailbag once again. The Beat is brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate, your locally owned and operated insurance agency serving the heartland of Nebraska from Binkelman to Omaha and everywhere in between. Let's get to the mailbag. And I have fun doing this with you because I get to ask you, like, I don't get to ask you these kinds of questions 
on the Monday podium because if right. I did, people would be like, you're a weirdo. <laughs> no doubt. This is the off the cuff. We can get into, into the weird stuff. Let's get weird. All right. Opening question. Who would be, what star, who would you be starstruck to meet? If there's somebody like that rolled up here, who would make you starstruck? Honestly, not a whole lot of people. Um, as a kid, I ran into Peyton Manning and he was like a superstar at that time. And I was like jaw dropped. But like in this moment right now, probably Tim Tebow, just because if I saw him, I'd probably be almost like, am I looking at myself? Is that my brother? Are we related? Like I'd have so many questions for him. And obviously like I look up to him and really respect everything that he does off the field and everything he stands for. So I think I, I, I really would just Tim Tebow for sure. Okay. Here's a good one for you. Name a former Husker that you would most likely want to have a beer with. Honestly, I, I'd love to get a couple Huskers and let's get, let's get a beer round going. You know what I mean? That's from the different eras, um, from crouch to Sue to, to Johnny Rogers, the jet, um, I'd like to get Will Compton up here, share a beer with him too, and uh, even B. Riley or the Snake. I mean, I think it'd be fun to get a, a, a culmination of eras uh, together and, and just kind of have a campfire talk. That'd be cool. Who is the smartest guy on the team? And you can't say JoJo Doman. It's definitely it's not me. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. It is not me. Uh, I know Matt Sichterman is like borderline genius. Um, he's like a software engineer. And um, I know he worked for Huddle um, this summer. And, but I also know that Cam Jurgens is sneaky smart. Um, Stilly. Stilly's pretty damn smart. Ty Robinson's pretty smart. Um, I know Jurgens and Robinson were taking like some pretty tough classes um, during camp. And I was just like, man, sign me out of that no thank you i'm already overwhelmed hardest class you've ever taken at unl and like <laughs> or you get in this class and you're like how am i gonna make it 16 weeks it was it was this uh it was this class in the j school and it, it was just about like the, the j school the journalism school i know i'm just i'm laughing the j school um it was it was about all the court cases and and how we have supreme oh, laws, com law, communications law. That's right. Was it Bender, Doctor Bender? That's right. That was my professor, and he's he was. I mean, you how better, do you remember that? He was my prof uh, because I've known the guy. He taught my class in college too, and I just took the class, and I I don't remember. <laughs> the only saving grace for Doctor Bender's class was open notes, like on the test. Yeah, like you could go back and research and. I'm back in the day, like they had these blue books where you had to like write out your answers on the, on the paper mm. and I couldn't write. My handwriting was just so sloppy and he let me bring my laptop in to like type my answers out. It was open note, but that was, I mean, that was one of those classes. If you got like a C or a B, you were like, yeah, happy. I mean, cause it was to get an A in that class. That was, that, you're, that is a tough class. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. I just needed to get through it. And let's see. Next question here in the mailbag. If you could be drafted by any pro team, who would you like to be drafted by? Ooh, I love this question. Well, I think the first one is the Broncos. I'd love to go stay home. home. I'd love to go home, man. Play for a hometown crowd. Um, play at altitude. Would you live at home? No. <laughs> I'd be posted up in, I think, probably an apartment or condo. Um, not looking to buy a house anytime soon, but... Yeah, to play for a hometown, man, it'd be, it'd be everything. And I've, I've won two games, won two state championships in that very stadium. And I think it'd be super special. I think other than that, like, I love the Chiefs organization. And I'd even love to go out in California, the Chargers, or, um, I mean, take me to Vegas if you, if you, if you have to, if you're going to drag me out there. I'll There's go. a Vegas Bowl this year, you know that, and the Big Ten is a part of the Vegas Bowl. So there is a chance that you guys could play in the Vegas Bowl if you, if you had a respectable season. Yeah, what conference? It is the SEC, I believe. Okay. Or Pac-12. I'm trying to think. The Big Ten splits it. I think the Pac-12 is in it every year. Okay. And then the SEC and the Big Ten like split it. Gotcha. So it's like a four-year deal. It's two years one, two years the other. But an attractive year by Nebraska. I mean, I think the Vegas Bowl would want Nebraska out there. Yeah, man. Nebraska. Everyone who wants Nebraska for a bowl game. All right. If you were trapped in the woods... Name me two or three teammates that you'd want in there to help you survive. 
And you got some pretty outdoorsman guys on this roster. I mean, I yeah. guys that like to hunt and fish and no doubt know how to handle themselves in the woods. A couple guys, Chris Walker. Oh God, absolutely, just a machine. That guy. He's he's a tower. Um, Binkelman's finest, Phelan. Just a there's just a craftsman, just a dude that can get down in tight spaces and honestly would probably know how, what to do, how to handle situations and. Who is my last guy? I mean, I mean, if you're gonna allow me to bring Damien, I'm bringing Damien everywhere with me. <laughs> it's a Navy SEAL, right? All right. Um, this is an interesting question because it involves your brother, and a lot of people don't know your brother's the. Is he number two at Louisville, or is he still in the battle for number two quarterback? He's battling for number two, but he's at Louisville now. He's been at multiple colleges before, but this past year he was at Independence U, Last Chance U, um, in Independence, Kansas. And we can have him on hopefully later in the year because he'll have some stories, I'm sure, about that experience. Yep. Um, but there was a commercial that took place at Independence. With, at Ventura. With Jared Goff. That's right. And your brother was in the commercial with Jared Goff? So Red Bull did this thing where they, uh, where they dressed Jared Goff as a Juco transfer. And my brother was the starting quarterback at Ventura at the time. And they brought him in, and they didn't really say much besides, yo, we got a new transfer coming in today, bro. He was six, whatever, six five, and could throw it like 100 yards. And my brother, he'll tell you straight up, like, he wasn't scared. He wasn't nothing except he was just pissed that they gave this man every single rep. So, and, and you know how the quarterbacks stand behind the offense when they're running the offense. So we never even got to see his face. And I remember when they announced um that it was jared golf like he wasn't it wasn't like starstruck he wasn't in awe he was just he was happy that he didn't have to transfer because he was he was looking for other options once this guy walked in the building yeah because when you go to a juco you don't go to sit the bench you don't like you're there to get reps and get out get in get out all right moving on here in the mailbag this is kind of a funny one who is the biggest slob on the team Oh, my gosh. Like, who is going to have the hardest time getting that Gary Michaels suit on right and, and looking <laughs> looking right? Because you guys are, are going to be getting those suits here sometime later this year. Who is going to have the hardest? Who's the guy that is going to have the hardest time tying a tie and, and just can't even pull it off? Dude, I don't even know. Um, it's got to be an O-lineman, one of those guys. I don't, I don't think I have an answer for that one, but it was, I ain't, I ain't going to call nobody out. We'll be nice right now. We ain't calling nobody out. All right, well, you got off easy there. I'm not gonna let you off easy that often. All right, you got you got to give an answer typically. Okay, and most impressive play of fall camp so far, offense or defense or both. I think y'all saw it on the Nebraska football. Um, Adrian delivered just a dime up the seam. We were in too high, two man under, and Samori just honestly just split us right up the seam and. I think Kel. I think Kel makes a wrap and roll tackle there. Um, to be honest, also uh, Deontay allegedly pushed him out at the five. But that's that's the connection and that's the speed and execution that you love to see from our offense. And we're hoping to see that translate on Saturday. Who's the craziest player you've ever played with? Like psychopath wise? Yeah, just like somebody. Just like man, this guy like is nuts yeah i'll take it back to high school there's this dude named josh odom who actually played at the school of mines which you have to be super smart to play at the school of oh mines. yeah engineering college right but my sophomore year his junior year this man like had like a serious anger problem and like hit everybody all the time they would be five yards out of bounds he'd come and spear a dude he was accountable for so many personal fouls i broke my hand because i was tackling that guy and he came in head first and smashed my hand between the guy I was tackling and his helmet. You got flagged for it? Not not for breaking my hand, no. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, kind of an off-the-wall one here, but it, a couple about a year or two ago, there were a number of Florida guys that were on the team here that left, like newcomer, newcomer guys that were freshman kids from like Miami, and they moved on from the program. You've seen a lot of guys come and go at Nebraska. Why do kids like that, in newcomers from Miami, why do you think some of those kids struggle at Nebraska? I think obviously the distance um, is hard um, being away from family. And I think just like the perceived distance is, is tough because we really don't get to see our family out here. I'm, I'm fortunate my parents come up to every game, but some of those Florida families like just don't have the resources or the time 
to come up 14 hours or whatever it is. And on top of it, it definitely is a culture change. Um, some of these neighborhoods these guys come from and then coming to Lincoln, Nebraska, like it is completely different. The expectations are different. People carry themselves different. People talk different. People think different. Um, so I think just the culture change could definitely be a part of that. And that's why for anybody from any part of the country going to any school, I think it's important to find a support system, find guys that are like-minded, um, guys that can support each other through thick and thin. And um, if, if you don't find that early on in college, it, it gets tougher and tougher. All right, and the final question, who is the biggest athletic freak you've played with at Nebraska? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lamar Jackson. I mean, I roomed with the kid our freshman year, and the dude, was it, was it was just walking muscle, was walking, talking talent. And, I mean, he, he'll tell you he's blessed, but also – I mean, his mindset and his resilience um, is why he is where he is right now. And I know he's going to just keep getting better and better with the Jets. I mean, it's only up for him, and it's always been that way for that guy. So I'm, I'm excited for him, man, blessed to, blessed to be part of his story in whatever capacity that it was. And that dude's a freak, so I, hats off to that guy. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Show three in the books here, JoJo. Make sure you – Log on and find us on iTunes, Spotify. Look us up on the Husker Online channel. Subscribe to us, like us, download us. It all helps um, as we are off and running, and we've got a good show again planned for next week. Thanks for listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Join us for another show next week, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.